Welcome back, everybody. We're here for another episode of the You Like That Feels Great Baby podcast. I'm your host, Eric Stenholm, with my co-host, Joey Moore. A lot to get into in NFL Week 13. Obviously, Joey, we got to start at the top with the Niners making their statement and uh, basically telling everyone in the league there's only one correct answer for who's the best team in the NFL. What a statement. What a win. What a complete victory by the Niners at the Eagles. Just an absolute thrashing 42-19. to uh, we're back to where you were six weeks ago when you were like, no one can stop this wagon. You got to be riding on cloud nine. Yeah, it might be cloud 99. Um, that that was probably the most fun regular season game I've ever watched. It was the first quarter was not fun. Uh, that's what's crazy. Uh, we were negative six yards and down six nothing like a minute or two into the second quarter. and then And then came an absolute avalanche. And to just say the Niners, I wouldn't say they rolled out of bed ready to kick ass again. First quarter was uh, not great, but I mean, from showing up to the stadium in the all black attire, ready for the Philadelphia funeral to running through their logo or their pregame, whatever they got going on. The Niners had bad intentions yesterday because they absolutely felt like they were a better team last year. Yesterday did nothing to NFC Championship that game. The, the Niners could have won that 400 to 3. It doesn't <laughs> matter. But as for this season, I mean, they are just mauling teams that are good. I mean, <laughs> right. in Philly, 42-19, you hang 42-10 on Dallas at home and Maybe the jury sat on Jacksonville, but that was thirty-four to three. Like when they are healthy and playing well, I don't know if they're going to win the Super Bowl, but this is the best team in the league. There's, there's no doubt about that. And I, as you said earlier in the year, it's the best Niner team you've ever seen. Easily, <laughs> easily, and they've had some pretty good teams. Um, they, I mean, they 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 offensively, Kyle Shanahan was sensational. That was one thing too. Jumped off the page. I mean, I think they're. I think the Niners are better. This might be a hot take, but I think they're better than Philly at pretty much every position group. Mm. Not maybe not by much. Offensive line is close, but I, I, well, that's the one I think Philly would still be like. I think Trent Williams is is be, the best one, but then after that, you probably take the next. I mean, Jason Kelsey's right there. I mean, that, but. I'd be the first one to say I wish I had like the balls to say it before, but Brock Purdy is better than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was ass <laughs> yesterday, like compared to his standards, because he's a really good player. But the there were times he would take these. He had two awful sacks, and like I was screaming at the TV like he's got ten. He's got ten seconds to throw the ball. He's got all day, right? I rewatched the game. He is sometimes like twenty yards behind the line of scrimmage, like. You're like, oh, that play was great. I'm like, well, of course they they snapped the ball at the forty, and he's at the twenty-two. Like, <laughs> like, I, it, I know it wasn't his best game. The Niners, Steve Wilkes was fantastic. He was equally as good as Kyle Shanahan. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and maybe the best part, I text. There's so many games. I'm just like, we're paying Debo Samuel what, and. That MFR ran his mouth for nine months and backed it up like Cardi B at the club yesterday. <laughs> because, I mean, what an ass kicking. 
just taking five yard in routes, screen passes, and running right through. And running kickoffs back for like 34. Oh, the, the, it was, well, that was, the, 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 I think he was, because Ray Ray McLeod was out. And so I'm like, okay, Ronnie Bell might return punts. And then he, he like kicked one out of bounds. I'm like, oh my God, dude, you're getting cut if you do that again. <laughs> Debo, I, th- I think it was the first kickoff that, that, that he received. He ran it out. He was eight yards deep. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, what are we doing? <laughs> Like, he don't think he thought, because they probably knew Ray Ray was going to miss the game early. You don't think Debo thought all week, I'm returning this to the house. It's Deshaun Jackson day in Philly. I, I am going full Deshaun Jackson, yes. returning this all the way back. And and that's the thing. You know, there's probably, I mean, 10, there might be 15 receivers in the league better than him, like, consistently. Might yeah. even be more than that as a receiver, honestly. But... The Philadelphia Eagles did not want to tackle, especially him. You said it last week. When he has the ball in his hands already, he is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, What happens up until that point, route running and catch radius and all that is subjective. But once he has the ball, he's the best yak receiver in the NFL. Yeah, and and for being a very shorter and, and thick guy, although he's in more shape this year than last year, right? He kind of called himself out last year for being out of shape. But he's really fast. No one catches him. Yeah. Like, he's the one where he broke the tackle. God bless Nicholas Moore, who had maybe the worst linebacker game you could ever have. <laughs> he, I mean, he, he planted his foot. I mean, it was 45 yards to the house. Like, boom, boom. I, and it was, it was sensational. And then, and then Brock Purdy. I don't know which, what people want to see. He started 0-4 um, just because they ran a couple, threw a couple balls out of bounds, whatever. So after that, he was 19 of 23 for 314 and four touchdowns. I know people want to get – At the Eagles. At Philly. <laughs> like, I don't I don't know what else you want. The – he – I mean, he even lowered his shoulder on the first touchdown drive. In the in his first and goal, he, he evades the pocket – Breaks a tackle, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. He's either going to get hurt or he's going to go full Rocky or Brocky into the end zone. <laughs> and obviously he puts, puts his shoulder – and it was his right shoulder too. And he gets hit out of bounds. But still, I, I just – the attitude that the Niners played with yesterday was – again – That's exactly I, they, what you want to see from your team. They haven't won a championship, but they have championship-level players – and, you know, like in the Bay Area, like out here, like we've seen, you know, obviously none of like our teams, but like there's just some days like Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, like they're going to walk, they're going to kick your ass. Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, unfortunately, being an A's fan with the Giants, like Madison Bumgarner's getting the ball. Like, this is nine innings of shove it right down the pipe. Like, mm-hmm. this is going to be a shutout. It felt like that yesterday. I, I really, I said this like, when they played Jacksonville. Sometimes I feel like they, it, they could have played. The 07 Patriots yesterday, and and they were gonna they were gonna kick some ass, mm-hmm. and it's again it, it it feels great until I start to think like this means absolute dick if this doesn't end with a with a Lombardi, right? I mean, because <laughs> I what a crazy position to be in too, just being like this is the best team I've ever rooted for in any sport. It's unstoppable, but oh my god, because, we have to win. You know win what's the crazy? I was watching, I was watching. You know, of course, you know. I'm on my week off of like 
work. I don't start the new job until next week. So I was just watching every sports program in America just circle jerk the 49ers today. And and I was watching one of them, and they said, like, oh, you know, they're almost like unstoppable. And the, and the other person, I forgot who it was, was like, no, seriously, they are they, they have not lost when everyone's healthy. Like since Purdy mm-hmm. become the cap, they they don't lose. The only games they've lost is is been when he his arm fell off or or this year when they had a couple guys hurt, which every that happens to every team. But mm-hmm. if they are healthy, which again, probably not likely. Um But as we've seen, as you were saying, Purdy, Trent Williams, run CMC, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. George Kittle. If those guys are all healthy, basically that offense is going to put up 35 plus against the 85 Bears, against anybody. And then on defense, you know, that's the one thing. Like Warner, Greenlaw, if they're healthy. I did not realize how bad it was, especially the back seven. Mm -hmm. The Kyle Shanahan, as as your brother would know, Seattle, if you don't have good linebackers, you're going to be in a bind. All day, and I believe Philly's three main linebackers yesterday were all cut by Philly at one point this season. Right, they had some so, injuries at the linebacker position, and it showed. Yeah, Zach Cunningham was out. Obviously, Shaq Leonard hadn't been playing; you know, he signed today, and then uh, Nicobe Dean's also out. Uh, but and yeah, I mean they were lost in the secondary. Um, Last week, we were mildly surprised that the Niners were two-and-a-half, three-point favorites and were like, should that line have been eight-and-a-half? Like <laughs> it's always so hard because, again, I never want to be wrong and sad. But, like, I I wish I would have said, like, I think they're going to blow them out. I really, like, the Phillies, mm. like, oh, they're like a surprisingly surprising loss. Like, Phillies 29th in the league in pass defense. Mm-hmm. And, and you can only chalk some of that up to they're always ahead in games or whatever. It's it, yeah. They're just a bad unit. Like, I think Kirk threw for over 400 against yeah. them in week two. And and we'll see this week because pressure's on Dak in Dallas because they should light them up. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I was just thinking um, – oh, no, that's what I wanted to say. I, people say too, like the Niners, like have so many stars, they're top heavy. You know who I also love on this freaking team? Juwan Jennings is a damn good third receiver. Yes. And like Elijah Mitchell was on this team when they went to the NFC title game a couple years ago, like as a starting running back. Like Elijah Mitchell's still good when he's healthy and playing. Yeah. And because he doesn't play very much, he's been healthy. Um, and like their third running back, JP Mason's averaging over five yards a carry. Like they've played with multiple offensive line. This team. Again, like obviously injuries, like if you lose one of these guys, like it's going to be harder. But I mean, there's only so many ways I could say it. Like there was a play. You're a wagon. <laughs> there, yeah, I mean, there was a play. Obviously, the thing that happened with their, their you know, head of security guy and, and Greenlaw, who Greenlaw is an absolute walking 15-yard penalty. Every Like yeah. I don't blame this one. Like he already got to 15. You know, their staff are like, can't have that happen. He can't put his finger in your face. Like I, I either wanted them to both get ejected or preferred neither of them. Like, come on guys. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like a fight happened. Um, but then Fred's shoe fell off and they played like the next down with like two backups. And I'm like, their third and fourth linebackers would start for the Eagles today. Yeah. And, 
it's a wealth of riches. It's unbelievable how well you've played. You got um, Seattle coming into town next week. 12 and a half point favorites. I mean, this is a Seattle team that I think before the season, if you would have lined this game, you probably would have said Niners minus four, Niners minus four and a half, somewhere in that range. It's up to 12 and a half, and that's without, you know, gigantic injuries for the Seahawks. It just shows how far ahead the Niners are in the power ratings that they make in Vegas that, ahead of the second place team, you know, that they rank. 12 and a half at home. That, I mean, that Seattle. is crazy, but that, that reminded me of what I was, I was going to point out to the game yesterday. There was no turnovers, either team, and I believe each team had the same amount of penalty yards, like 47, which means, like, there wasn't, like, a, oh, someone fumbled. Like, it's just, you just got worked. Like. Yeah, it wasn't that you returned like two you just uh, got kicks for touchdowns. Repeatedly. Yeah. Like, the, the two first, they go three and out, and then the third drive starts with a false start, and it's second, I saw, we watched it, it was second and 15 from, like, our own nine. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is what is going on. And then mm-hmm. boop, 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 got the drive going with a couple, you know, passes to like Ayuk and Kittle and stuff. And, and then and then after that, it was six straight dry, touchdown drives of at least 75 yards. <laughs> they, I think they had 75, 77, like 85, 90. And it's like, that. that's the crazy thing. It's like, I remember when we went to the Super Bowl, we beat the Packers on Sunday night and like whooped them. And then we played him in the NFC title game, and all week people are talking like that's not going to happen again. It's not going to happen again. Like we'll we'll regroup and be better. Like Rogers, like no way Rogers loses to Jimmy freaking Garoppolo again, right? And I'm like, well, they didn't get better players on defense. Like <laughs> it's the same. And Mostert ran for nine thousand yards. Yeah, I just I just all week I'm just like, I mean, yeah, of course the Niners could lose, but like I'm just looking X's and O's, like how. I mean, the only possible way is like, you know, Rodgers plays a Hall of Fame, you know, playoff game, which, you know, hot take or maybe it's cold. Take. He doesn't have too many of those in the playoffs, at no. least, you know, a long time. This is kind of the same thing. If they do meet again, whether it's in Philly or the – that's the thing if I'm Philly. Because after yesterday, you start to believe like – like you yourself start to believe like, like did we win last year? Like it's like – Everything the Niners said, like, oh, we were, that's like, we would have beat them and we would have beat them handily. Mm-hmm. It was again cold weather in Philly. And it's like, I, I just, I, if they meet again, I'm just like, maybe Shaq Leonard makes a huge difference, but there's a reason why he was cool. cut. If he's so good, why did he get cut? Yeah. Um, yeah, Brian Dawkins ain't coming through that that door. <laughs> it's it's a tough spot for Philly. We'll talk about their game uh, at Dallas next week, which all of a sudden becomes, after this game, probably the second biggest regular season game of the year. Uh, that one will basically decide the NFC East, you would think. Uh, we'll get to that one later as that one's on Sunday Night Football. So, yeah, Niners probably should roll against Seattle next week, get to 10-3, and three, wrap up the division. Um, if if the Rams lose and the Niners win their game, they should wrap it up with four weeks to spare. So good times in Santa Clara, uh, fighting for that one seed. Got to watch those Detroit and Philly games. Uh, Vikings were on a bye. Um, still no word yet on whether it's going to be Dobbs or Mullins or Hall. Who's going to start coming out of the bye? We're going to Vegas. Uh, we got to make a statement. Jefferson's got to come back and we got to win. Loss here could kill the playoff hopes and boost Green Bay and the Rams, who both won uh, in in crazy games. I, I We had Kansas City last week. We thought that was going to be a, a Casey roll. Uh, was not at all. Jordan Loves actually looked pretty good. 
the Rams looked really good in their game against the Browns. We'll talk more about that later. But um, looking at next week for the Vikes, I mean, the line opened at one. It's already moved to three in some places, so people are betting on the Vikings. I'm a little worried about this one. I'm also worried about the game the week after when we play at Cincinnati, which I was like, hey, that'll be an easy one. Not with Jake Browning playing like the second coming of Joe Montana tonight. So uh, looking pretty crazy there for the Vikes. We'll see how that goes. Um, I thought about maybe putting them in there in the picks of the week at minus one, but now that it's at minus two and a half, minus three, I'll stay away from that one. Uh, Come on, Vikes. Come on, Dobbs. Whoever starts, come on, Jefferson. Give us a W. We need it bad. We got to talk about Thursday night football. Um, Do we? Man, (laughs) you were saying before the pod, Al Michaels might just pretend he has COVID. Like, this is the lowest total in an NFL game since, I believe, the early 1990s. It's 29.5 for New England at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh favored by 5.5. Why is Bill Belichick still around? Like, time to go, buddy. Like, no no disgrace if you were to resign now. Like, these games at 2-10 and 10 going into Pittsburgh with a total of 29.5. Like, kind of disgusting to see him going out like this. Um you're right. We don't need to talk too much about that one. Let's talk about the Rams at Baltimore. Um, obviously, you'll be watching this one because you can clinch the division with a Rams loss and, and a win against Seattle. Um, Baltimore's favored by seven. I think Baltimore's going to cruise in this one, but from what you saw for the Rams last week, I'll talk about that game as well because I, I was there. Uh, are you are you thinking that this is a, a live dog there with the Rams, or is this one where Baltimore should cruise off the bye? I think both things could be true. I think the Rams are... Well, the Rams are healthy, especially offensively. I mean, they can move the ball. I mean, mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford could still sling it. Um, they got two really good wide receivers. I mean, Cooper Cup, people – I feel like people have kind of forgot about Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Puka Doncic is, is still catching balls. And, uh, yeah. Tyron I, Williams has been really good. Yeah. I And – but – but – Going to Baltimore and facing Lamar Jackson, who has, I think, only lost one game in his career against the NFC. Um, there it is. No, that's yeah, why I mean, I'm picking Baltimore. No, no chance. Right. Looking at looking at that, so you're a West Coast team traveling to the East Coast, playing a 10 a.m. game uh, against a Jim or John Harbaugh coach team that's going to be super buttoned up off a bye against Lamar, who's 18 and one against the NFC. Everything in the world says pick Baltimore here. I like them minus seven. We'll talk about that later uh, in the in the picks of the week. Uh, big fan of the Baltimore minus seven line there. Um, Jacksonville plays at Cleveland. Jacksonville was favored by three. However, that game is now off the betting board because of the Monday night football injury to Trevor Lawrence. You said you just saw on your phone as we were starting recording that it is a sprained ankle. So obviously he'll be very unlikely to play in this game. Um I want to talk a little bit about the game I was at yesterday. Yeah. First of all, SoFi Stadium. That, yeah. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence, sprained ankle, according to Shefty. Okay, so if Shefty says it, it's got to be true. So I would think that's a at least three-week injury, but there's no way in hell he's playing next week. Um, they're going to Cleveland. Being 8-4 and four now after that loss to Cincy, they've only got a game lead over uh, Indy and Houston. And from what I saw from Cleveland yesterday, Flacco wasn't half bad. I was at the game. SoFi is freaking amazing. I had great seats. It was so cool to see that place. It's got to be the biggest stadium I've ever been in. And I went to 
Barcelona to watch Barcelona versus Real Madrid, and that stadium holds over 100,000, and I felt like that stadium was so small compared to SoFi, which is just a monstrosity, and it was just awesome. It was a great experience, but my takeaways were the Rams' offense is actually really freaking good. The defense is kind of suspect, and hey, Flacco wasn't that bad. I think the Browns will be live for this game against Jacksonville, whatever the line is. I, I think Cleveland is the side I would back here just because they can run the ball, they can rush the passer. We'll see how that goes. Uh, that's a pretty big one in the early slate. And then let's talk about Indy at Cincy. Indy's favored by one. That was three and a half. It's moved down to one because, holy shit, Jake Browning, what a game on Monday Night Football. Like you said, he made himself a lot of cash. Um the numbers say he dominated, and the eye test said he looked like he'd been doing this for a decade. Yeah. Like, like just sit there in the pocket, boop, boop, left, right, over the middle. Made um, the right decision every time, the whole game. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he was – you kind of some, – some of these backup quarterbacks, you're like, why, why is he on the team? Like, in the, mm-hmm. like, you just don't – you just don't even know. You're just – you just like – does, does he just really know the scheme and can, like, you know, I don't know, is he just buddies with the starting quarterback? Like, <laughs> not saying that this is with Jake Browning, but just even C.J. Beathard, I'm like, hey, you know, dude took some took some hits, you know, behind our <laughs> offensive line when we were a joke. Mm-hmm. Like, respect to you, C.J. Beathard. But then I was like, is that the best you – like, Trevor Lawrence goes down and you're putting all your faith in him? Like, but, hey, he was, you know – Gave a little, CJ uh, was not bad, he, but Browning was the story. Yeah, but same thing with Browning. Yards. I'm like, I just don't even, I don't even know. And uh, former Vikings practice squad cut Jake Browning out of Washington. We clearly didn't think he was good enough to back up Kirk Cousins. Clearly, he's good enough to back up Joe Burrow. But again, like that's uh, what's so great about like that's what another what makes the NFL so great is is like you, there's so many of these of these stories like cut cut. It's like oh. Like I, you put it's like Joe Burrow's like up there with like a Giannis, or like mm-hmm. Yo, uh, Jokic and be in the NBA, and it's like that guy gets hurt and like the new player has to come in like the backup center, you're just like we are so screwed. Like yeah, and, you go from winning like, sixty for, for, games forget, to winning for, like Forget 20. the actual like game though. Like as a fan, you're like refund my ticket. Mm-hmm. And it's like this one, you're probably like I wish I was seeing Joe Burrow, but like let's see what Jake Brenton's like. It's like, as, as like an impartial fan of this game, I'm like, this is a good game. Like, this is entertaining. He yeah, played he was... so well. He, I mean, he's working with a hell of an offensive team. He had Chase, Higgins, and um, Boyd all healthy. He had Mixon healthy, and that new uh, running back uh, backing up uh, Mixon was also really good in this game. So it was like, okay, he has a wealth of riches on the offensive side. Granted, the Cincy defense didn't do too well, but I mean, like I was saying before, Browning probably got himself another five-plus years in the league as a backup or a fringe starter on that performance alone because you don't throw for 354 with almost a perfect passer rating in the NFL on the road against a first-place team and not put people on notice. Could be another Minshew like, I know story Trevor where, got hurt, but like know. he was kicking their ass when Trevor was in the yeah. game. Out of nowhere, too. Uh, Jacksonville was favored by 10 in this one. And it was just from the from the get go, you could tell since he was live, Browning had prepared really well for this game. He wasn't great last week against Pittsburgh, but after this, I'm like, oh god, when the Vikings come to town, 
uh, in like, two weeks. That's no longer a tap in. I think they said it was the big like first Monday night game in Jacksonville in, in a long time. And uh, yeah, twelve years. Twelve years. Yeah, they ate it. They ate a shit burger today. <laughs> and now they to you lose know, they were thinking, and to lose your quarterback. Boy, th- they were thinking one seed. They were thinking, hey, we can leapfrog Baltimore or Miami. Now it's like, can you even win the division with a one game lead and your quarterback has a sprained ankle? Tough times there in Duval County. Um, <laughs> Detroit, minus three at Chicago. Uh, Detroit beat uh, New Orleans. We bet on New Orleans in that one and lost by a half a point. Uh, we had them plus four and a half. They lost by five. Big takeaway from that one was what we keep saying about Detroit's defense is so true. They gave up 28. I think they probably could have given up more in that game. Uh, Winston came in for an injured car and promptly turned the ball over. <laughs> so it was like... This. I was watching it being, you know, the rooting interest with the Niners. And, yeah, I, I, uh, Jameis Winston is an experience. <laughs> he's he's all vibes. The The touchdown he threw was deflected by a defender right there. I think he'd be cool guy. to hang out with, but I don't want him as my quarterback. No. He gives the ball to the other team way too much. He makes some explosive plays. He's like Black Fitzpatrick. That's what I've been saying for years is, like, the guy chucks it and ducks it. He's going to turn it over a lot, but he's got some kind of magic that – that makes shit happen, but I mean, they've given up 28 to uh, the Bears, the Saints, and the Packers in the last three weeks, and in the Packers' case, even more than 28. So it's like the Lions are nine and three; they're tied uh, tied with the Niners. Um, they're one game behind the Eagles, and they feel like a team that has just an atrocious defense. So um, I, I really can't believe they're favored by only three at Chicago. Theoretically, this should be six and a half or more, but the Vegas line makers are seeing what we're seeing. Detroit cannot stop anybody. No. And uh, if they were playing any team with a, worth a squirt cut on offense, the Saints got to be one of the most disappointing teams. Uh, my my boy in our podcast namesake, Jimmy G, has been relegated. But Derek Carr looks awful when he's even in. Mm-hmm. And... And he's, he's, I feel like he's getting knocked out of like four games this year. That, this version of Derek Carr kind of reminds me of late career Sam Bradford where his completion percentage is super high because all he does is check down, check down, check down every freaking play. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, but I think it was like 21 nothing or something like when you – five minutes into the game and then it was like the Detroit just couldn't put him away. I, I Yeah. Yeah, it was 21 nothing. Then it was 28-24, like almost immediately. I was like, how the hell did that happen? And you look at the stats. It was like the Niner game. It was like 75-yard score, 75-yard score, you know, 82-yard score. You're like, that defense has major problems. So uh, something to watch as we go forward with the Vikings' loss against the Bears and then Detroit's win against New Orleans. They basically wrapped up the division at this point. I think they only need to win two more games to clinch it. So Detroit is going to win the division. But for Niners and Eagles fans looking at, hey, who are we going to play in the second round if we get there? It's probably going to be the Lions. And, I mean, the Niners probably could name their number if they played the Lions in their current state. So interesting to watch going forward. Um, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, and Carolina, New Orleans. So interdivision matchups in the south. Uh, Not a lot to talk about there. One of those teams is going to win the division. Probably Atlanta right now. We'll see if Tampa can eke out a win there. Um, Atlanta's favored by two and a half, and New Orleans by five and a half, both at home against their division opponents. Um, I want to talk about Houston minus six at the Jets. I lean Houston there. 
Can we please stop with the Aaron Rodgers is coming back thing? I am so tired of reading article after article about this. Like, he's clearly doing this so that he can get attention. He has no intention whatsoever of playing this year. If he does, then he never had a torn Achilles to begin with. It was misdiagnosed. This whole story is just ticking me off to no end. Like, (laughs) let Jets fans just mourn this shit taco of a season. And just, I mean, stop with this, Aaron Rodgers. This is ridiculous. Poor Robert Sala. That's one thing you say, but I'm also going to say the Jets are terrible. Oh, atrocious. Like, someone was saying it, like, you know, even if Rodgers was healthy, like, was this really going to be anything? Um. I know their quarterbacks have been terrible, but that's part of building a team. That you know, that you trade for Rodgers, you get his buddy, you know, Hackett, you know, coordinator job, and get Lazard and yeah, Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb, Randall Cobb should not be in the NFL. <laughs> like at this point, sorry, decent career, we were a good career, but Alan Lazard, um, was he a healthy scratch? I saw. Yeah. Uh, Unbelievable. Uh, The whole Jets situation, we'll get into it when we get to the bum of the week, but people always are talking about, oh, Saints, uh, Raiders, certain teams are are the biggest disappointment this year, Bills, whoever. I mean, you got to put the Jets right up there, even with the Rodgers injury. Like, they are on a historically bad offensive pace, and it's like, at a certain point, like, I know they want Rodgers back next year, but how can you keep Hackett employed with how awful this has been? Um, the game of the week next week is Buffalo at Kansas City. Uh, this line is down to two and a half. It started at three. Uh, everybody's saying perfect spot for Buffalo coming off a bye. Kansas City's playing like crap. Uh, they just cannot score like they used to. These aren't the same old Chiefs. Um, in this spot, do you look at Buffalo or do you say this is one of those games where Andy Reid's like, hey, we can't be the four seed in the AFC and they put the pedal to the metal? I really don't know because... <laughs> On one hand, the Chiefs, like you said, look like a shell of themselves, um, especially offensively. Um, but I just, I have absolutely no idea what I'm getting with Buffalo. No clue. Uh, I don't know emotionally if they're going to be there because they had their last game. They they threw their best right hook at Philly and still lost. And at 6-6, six and six, they, you know... I mean, they're still in it, so yeah. And uh, but I, I just I don't know. Um, I kind of lean Buffalo. I, I I have no good reason to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I just a tough think one I just think it's the like Chiefs, they have to have it. <laughs> I just think the Chiefs with the personnel they have and like the coach, like or their lack of personnel, especially of it, their wide receivers are just awful. Um, like. They're not getting any better players, and like their coach is really good. So I feel like if it was going to get fixed, it would have already. Um, I know they had the game against the Raiders, but it's the Raiders. Um, and yeah, I, I know the Packers played well, but like I, I mean, it was the the I can't believe I can't believe Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs played Jordan Love and the Packers, and it was clearly obvious that the Packers were the better team. I that. 
Andy Reid coaching, I mean, it's like, how could that possibly happen? But like I said, these aren't the same old Chiefs. They don't have that explosiveness on offense. Quietly, Travis Kelsey is just like not that good anymore. Like he's one of the top five tight ends, but he's not the best. He's not going to be an all pro. He may not even be a pro bowler. Like everybody wants to talk about him for obvious reasons, but he's had a down year. Like he has to carry that team as the pass catcher and he hasn't. It's been like Rasheed Rice and Pacheco on the ground that have kept them alive in these games and Mahomes and his unbelievable talent, but like they need help there. And if they lose this one, man, all of a sudden you're talking about they're going to be the four seed. They're going to I mean, have they're to lucky play their these. division is ass. Yeah. And their division is ass because obviously the Raiders have fallen off. The two teams that are playing each other next week, Denver at the Chargers, Chargers minus two and a half. That's an elimination game after Denver lost uh, last week against Houston. So they're six and six. Uh, the Chargers are five and seven. This is an elimination game. This is Staley's last stand. Broncos got to have it. Chargers got to have it. That'll be a good one to put on uh, in the background while you're watching Buffalo KC. So Denver's six and six. So if they win, they'd be seven and six. And if the Chiefs lose to Buffalo, they'd be only one back. And and uh, the Broncos. Uh, I think right now, oh, they split they sp- with KC. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, that's pretty crazy e- even to think. But that- check this out. I'm just looking at their schedule because I'm like, are the Chiefs like, are they are they okay? So mm. Denver gets the Chargers in Denver. Winnable. They go at Detroit, which uh, their defense has a good shot against uh, Detroit's offense. I just don't know if they mm. can score. Well, they should be able to score. Then they get the Patriots, <laughs> Chargers again, and the Raiders. It's it's so, there for them. I, mean. I don't know what Chiefs. Let me look at the Chiefs. Yeah, Buffalo. Chiefs Buffalo oh, they also get week. Patriots, Raiders, Bengals. Okay, never mind. Chiefs will be all right, but I mean. The four seed is what they're looking at right now. Maybe the three seed if Jacksonville continues to fall with Lawrence hurt. But, like, it ain't going to be the KC Invitational again, and I'm actually kind of excited to see that. It looks like Miami and Baltimore will get to host some playoff games. So, thank goodness we'll get a little bit of variety there in the AFC. Um, There's the Monday night doubleheader with Tennessee and Miami uh, and then Green Bay at the Giants, two kind of duds of games. I want to talk about Sunday night football, probably the second biggest regular season game of the year after the Niners Eagles last week, Philly at Dallas. I was surprised this line opened Dallas minus three and a half. Yes, they have all the momentum. Their offense has been playing great, but I think we're putting too much recency bias on this one by having the Eagles who were 10 and two and were, you know, winning all these close games and then they get stomped by the Niners. People forget Dallas got stomped even worse by the Niners earlier in the year. So I get it. Dallas has momentum. They beat up on all these bad teams recently. They gave up 35 to the Seahawks the other day. If I had to bet on this one, I would probably bet Philly with the three and a half. If Philly loses by three, we win the bet. And I I still feel pretty confident in Hertz and that infrastructure to keep that game close. But when you saw that line at three and a half, you had to be thinking, man, they really trust Dallas. I get it though because Dallas. I mean, Dallas has not. I think have, they have not lost at home since Week Four of last year. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, I have said some pretty negative things about 
Dak and the Cowboys, you know, just not being, you know, as good as maybe the star on their helmet kind of makes them. Dak Prescott has been has played very well. I mean, uh, quick quick look at the MVP odds. The favorite is Brock Purdy. Second favorite is Dak Prescott. Well, it's, third it favorite was is probably Hurts. Dak before the Niner game. Yeah, um, which is insane to, for Dak to be in Week 14 right there for the MVP. Who would have I'll have more on that later. But <laughs> he's played. He's been sensational. I think in one pod I said uh, C.D. Lamb was. I don't know if I said he's overrated. I just thought like they had him and Amari Cooper, and I thought Amari Cooper was a better player. <laughs> I was wrong. C.D. Lamb is an All Pro this year. He's been great. Um, Dallas's offensive line can hold up against Philly's front. Um, the thing that I guess that would concern me if I'm Dallas, like Seattle hadn't scored an offensive touchdown in like seven, eight quarters, or something. <laughs> And Seattle went up and down the field on them in Dallas. From uh, the get-go, too. From, like, the second yeah. play of the game. <laughs> so, what is that about? Like, you know, you know, earlier in the season, Niners-Cowboys, we were talking, like, two elite defenses. And then, yeah, I, I know injuries have happened. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm confident Philly can obviously score against Dallas. And, uh, I mean, I'm confident. I mean, Philly's going to be fine. They'll show up, but, like, this is the moment, like, Dak can, like, it's not a playoff game, but it's pretty damn close. You're it at reminds home. me of, of last year's game between Philly and Dallas. That was, I believe, week 16. Uh, Hertz was hurt, so it was Minshew. And even though Dallas won the game, they gave up 34 to, to the Eagles. So I expect this to be an extremely high-scoring game, and I think Philly will keep it close. But you're saying, I mean, with Dak playing the way he is right now, it's almost a guarantee that Dallas will put up a ton of points. I think, well, like you said, I think they both do. But yeah. it's like I have a little bit more confidence in Philadelphia if it's a close game. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the Niners game. I, I mean, if Philly and the Niners played a close game, I I mean, I'd feel really comfortable if I was Philly because the Niners have, have kind of struggled in close games. I mean, the the Minnesota game was close and we lost. The Cleveland game was close and we lost. Like the Niners are, I mean, they're Mike Tyson. They will knock you out. And if they don't, kind of like Buffalo, but like way, way, way more consistent than Buffalo. Um, and so like I could I could see Dallas blowing Philly out. I really could. Mm-hmm. But do I think it'll happen? No, I don't. And if it's a close game and it gets to, you know, you know, all the chips on the table in the fourth quarter, like, come on, Dak. Because I thought he played really well in Philly, but right. you didn't win. Yeah, he, his big size 13 foot was just out on the line. Otherwise, yeah. they would have won that one, too. So. Yeah, I, I. By the way, I'm switching my pick. I had Philly plus three and a half in one of my picks of the week, and I'm switching it to the over when we get there. So uh, you talked me off of that one. I do, th- like you said, these are two defenses that are nowhere near as good as the media makes them out to be, and two offenses that are every bit as good uh, as as what we've seen in the last few weeks. So um, I think you know Philly will go up down the up and down the field on them. I think Dallas will go up and down the field on Philly. This has all the makings of one of those classic regular season games, like maybe. Maybe that Rams-Chiefs game from uh, several years ago where it was like 54-51. Like, this is going to be a good one. I'm excited for it. It's, it's about time we had one of those ultra-marquee Sunday night football matchups. So, looking forward to that one. Um, let's get to your Jack and the Bum of the Week. 
Um, a lot of candidates this week, as always. Belichick is in there. Rivera's in there. They always are, and they always will be as long as they're employed. Uh, Belichick scored zero points in a home game against the Los Angeles Chargers. Good job by you. Um, Ron Rivera gave up 45 to the Dolphins. Basically, right out of the gate, Miami was just like, oh, this is how you're going to cover Tyreek Hill. And he got like, I think he had three catches for 133 and two touchdowns in the first quarter. Great defense there, Ron. He's taken over the play calling. Good work by you as well. Um, Robert Sala's on here. I mean, his team is a tire fire. It can't all be, oh, Rodgers got hurt. Like, they've been bad every year that Robert Sala's been the coach there. We don't want to say it. Uh, by the way, I found out this week he has seven kids. Um, Joey, if you Fast had swimmers. six more kids than you had now, do you think you'd be good at your job? Oh, no. <laughs> Like, I saw that it's and I was like, like, no wonder. Going off on a little tangent here, but like, the people who want like big families and stuff, I mean, I just can't even think about it financially. It just doesn't compute. <laughs> um, but like, you're just, your time is so like allocated, like way too many places. And it's like, to me, it's borderline like reckless. Like, yeah. I mean, maybe if you are like, what is it like, you know, Philip Rivers or whatever has got like a yeah, billion he has kids. Nine well, kids he's loaded. Or 10 kids. Okay. Yeah. Fine. But even like if, if I'm like kid number eight, like, <laughs> like how much time are you spending with me? Like, or I'm kid four or like, you know, you just don't just, whether you have one kid or zero kids or 15 kids, there's still only 24 hours in a day. Right. So. I saw that and I was like, no wonder that, you know, I mean, how can you possibly give that kind of effort at home and then also that kind of effort on, on you know, for the team on the field? So, like, I, when I saw that, I was like, that kind of explains why they just have flat out sucked all of the last three years. Like, love the guy. He should probably stick to coordinating defenses. So he gets his first appearance on the Jack and the Bum of the Week nominee list. Eagles defense, for obvious reasons, they gave up six straight 75-plus yard touchdown drives to the Niners. Probably more on the Niners just being fantastic than the Eagles being bums. Uh, and then I put the Chiefs on there for that dud on Sunday Night Football. Uh, but you're going with a Hall of Fame head coach. And it's not Belichick. Honestly, I could change this segment from Jack and the Bum to like, you know, are we picking Belichick this week or not segment? Because, <laughs> boy, uh, kind of you can play him, Ron Rivera, too, like you mentioned. Every week. Every week. I really could have put Sal on here because the Jets are a joke. Um, I don't want to, but I might have to if it happens, you know, another time. Uh, yeah, but no, Jack of the Bum of the Week this week for me is my coach of the year pick pre preseason, Mike Tomlin. Um, the Pittsburgh offense is a horrible watch. Um, Kenny Pickett got hurt, but still, like, you can't trash Kenny Pickett, and then Mitch Trubisky comes in and it looks, you know, worse. Uh, to give up 24 points to the Arizona Cardinals to lose to Jonathan Gannon at home. I don't know if they took. I don't know if they took the bus to Pittsburgh, <laughs> or if they walked or whatever it was. But they <laughs> took right the right mode of transportation, and yeah, I, I just they I, just mollywopped them from from the minute the game started. Arizona was better. <laughs> yeah, I 
And I don't know, just big picture, like Tomlin's one of those one of those coaches. Like you can talk about this with players too. Like you kind of get rewarded. He's like Mister. I haven't had a losing season. It's like okay, well you're not going twelve and four or twelve and five every year. Like when was the last time Pittsburgh won a playoff game? Twenty fourteen. A decade. (laughs) So. The it's last a, time it's the Pittsburgh posted, Steelers. This isn't the Detroit Lions. This is the Pittsburgh Steelers. The last time they had an important playoff game that they hosted, 2017, they hosted the Jaguars after getting a first round bye, and they got beaten by Blake Bortles. It has been a long time since Tomlin's been like a very good head coach. Yeah, I mean he's a he's good NFL head coach. He's really good, really good. But when you consistently like have the same problem and you don't fix it. That's on you. And no different than like Sean McDermott. Like they just haven't had a running game in like ever. Like, you know, that's partly on you. I know and it's all these defensive coaches. You know, it, the offensive guys have a more, you know, willingness to coach the other side of the ball. I know specifically with the Niners, Kyle Shanahan invests a lot into his defense. The coaching staff, his the players, everything. And, like, Tomlin, like, you know, I mean, granted, Antonio Brown was a nutcase, Le'Veon Bell, but, like, the player, like, where are these players? Uh, You know, he's not the GM, but, I mean, I have a hard time thinking Tomlin reports to anybody in that building other than the owner. Mm -hmm. So, but, yeah, I mean, they got worked by the Arizona Cardinals. At home. A team a team that's like actively trying to get a better pick next year, and they still lost by two touchdowns at home. Uh, Tomlin coaching. He's one of those coaches who, at this point in his career, he's a guy who gets the best out of mediocre talent. Like he will take a team that should be six and eleven and get them to nine and eight or ten and seven. But if your goal is to win the Super Bowl, he's not a coach that you would put at the top of your list because he hasn't had a team that's been Super Bowl caliber in a decade. Like when they lost to the Pats in the AFC Championship, I think it was twenty fourteen. That was the last time they had a real chance to win the Super Bowl. That was nine years ago. Like Mike Tomlin. About time to turn things around there. Uh, he needs either a franchise quarterback or a big, expensive hire at offensive coordinator, or it's going to be the same old, same old year in, year out. So there it is, Mike Tomlin, Joey's Jack in the Bum of the Week for NFL Week 13. Uh, let's go to my You Like That Picks of the Week. I'll make it short and sweet this week. 2-3 and three last week, 36-26-3 overall for the season. Three straight weeks where we haven't been doing too well. We're... We were at 1.15 games over. Now we're only 10 games over. We absolutely have to get back on the winning track here. And I feel confident about these picks, especially my number one pick, Baltimore minus seven, for the reasons I laid out earlier. Lamar Jackson against the NFC. Lamar Jackson and uh, John Harbaugh with extra rest. The Rams uh, traveling west coast to east coast to play a 10 a.m. game. Everything in the world says Baltimore minus seven. I like Indy minus one at the Bengals. I thought Browning was awesome today. I think he comes back to earth next week. Um, and Indy's just been playing really well. Shane Steichen looking for that coach of the year uh, nod there. So I look at Indy there. Uh, Carolina, New Orleans over 38. Carolina's defense is just flat out bad. And New Orleans has given up a surprisingly large number of points for having a defensive head coach uh, in the last few weeks. So I like the over 38 there with a low total. Uh, I'm going Detroit minus three. It worries me because of their defense, but if you told me that the Lions would be 9-3, and three, the Bears would be 4-8, and eight, 
and the Lions would be the only three-point favorites on the road uh, against Justin Fields and Matt Eberflus. I'd be like, give me that three points all day. Uh, and then Philly-Dallas. I was going to take Philly here plus three and a half. I'll take Philly-Dallas over 52 after Joey convinced me uh, that thing is going to be a high-scoring affair. So there's your picks for week 14 in the NFL. Uh, we are going to go Baltimore minus seven, Indy minus one, Carolina-New Orleans over 38, Detroit minus three, and Philly-Dallas over 52 on Sunday Night Football. Joey, the floor is yours. You've been wanting to talk about this all year. Your feels great, baby. Your wildest take you feel best about currently. It isn't that wild of a take, but it's your boy. Yeah, I uh, I don't know if I felt this way all season. Definitely now, I, like again, I it's one of those things I wish I spoke up earlier, but being again, I don't want to be wrong and sad. But what I feel pretty great about um, is Brock Purdy winning the NFL MVP? But I, I don't think he will for reasons that I just don't understand. Like if you don't want to, if you want to vote somebody else, like fine, no problem. I mean, there's plenty of candidates. Um, like I'd have no problem. Like people, if I didn't, if I had a vote, if I if I didn't vote Brock Purdy, I probably would vote Tyree Kill. Mm-hmm. Um, because he's he's on pace to have two thousand yard. I mean, just a monster season. And um, because the other candidates, right, arguably right now are Dak and Jalen, who Brock Purdy, I mean, it's a team sport, but, but dominated. In those two games, eight touchdowns, zero picks, like. 87 to 29 final score. <laughs> yeah. And, and like here, the things that bother me the most are like the reasons why people use like to not vote for him. Like if you think someone else is better, fine. But they say Brock Purdy has so many of these great players. Who the fuck is Jalen Hurts playing with? <laughs> like who's Dak AJ playing Brown, with? Devontae Smith. Like, you know, Dallas Goddard, like, Lane Johnson, Tra- uh, Jason Kelsey. <laughs> like, okay. Um, like I, I hate that reason. Like, it's it, it's a cr- it's a crime that he's playing with these on this team. Well, they want him. I mean, how many players on this on the Niners talks like, oh Purdy, if he was here, like Purdy's our guy. Like, oh, we saw like day one training camp. This guy can play. Okay, well if they think that, then that's got to mean something. And then the other one that bothers me is they say like the yak yards, right? He just throws a bunch of screen passes to Debo, and he, boop boop boop. We saw it. We saw it yesterday. Someone put up a stat today. I don't know if you saw it, but his percentage of yards that come after the catch is like 48.6. Do you know who that's lower than? Mahomes, who won MVP. Rodgers, who won MVP. It's lower than like all of them in the last four or five years. The only one it's not lower than was Lamar, who was at like 43 or something, which I was like, he, mm-hmm. I mean, he was, that's why he was, I believe, unanimous that mm-hmm. year. I mean, he had an unreal season. But so, so, like, don't tell me he's not pushing the ball down the field. He's, I think he's first in yards per attempt. He's first in QB. He's first in passer rate. Like, what are we doing? Yesterday, he played against the best team in the league heading into that point, the 10 and 1 Eagles. Against the Blitz, he went 10 for 10 for 213 and three touchdowns. Like, who does that? I don't think any other QB in the league like, does that. You want to say it's Kyle Shanahan? Like, like, Mahomes doesn't benefit from Andy Reid? Like, you know, like Matt LaFleur clearly can coach. You know, maybe he's not a Hall of Famer, but 
Rodgers has him. You know, Dak's got McCarthy, who's won a Super Bowl. Like, I mean, I think Sirianni and his staff kind of got worked yesterday. But, I mean, been to a Super Bowl, I, I just – the only reason I just the only reason why they're not going to give it to him is like we just can't believe that is really the NFL MVP Mister Irrelevant because <laughs> that feels like a bigger deal than Rudy. Yeah, like it. Like, and I was watching. You know, the, I saw Rich Eisen today. He was like, he looks like Bambi with fangs. <laughs> like, and he dresses like he's going to home ec class, and. It just what is like what is the reason like it, it just if he doesn't get it and like if it if he doesn't get it and it go you know I saw too sorry last thing I, w- I wanted to say this when we talk about the Dallas Philly game that we talk about the stats and everything because it's a team game like Niners crushed Philly and Dallas but that's the Niners beat them it's, I'm not gonna say Purdy beat Dak played better mm-hmm. Purdy beat Jalen played better but like it's not they're not going head to head it's not like tennis. Do you know Dak and the Cowboys have not beaten a team this year with a winning record? <laughs> They're nine and three. All nine wins against non-winning teams. It's unbelievable. And look at what look at what forget the Niners. Look at what Purdy did against Dallas, against Philly, against Jacksonville. And I know he had that three game stretch in the middle where they went through they lost three. But I really believed, other than the Cleveland game, but which that game had a game winning drive if they make the kick. Probably played his worst game as, as, as in his career. I thought he played very well against Minnesota until fourth quarter he got concussed, apparently. And after that, he just probably, I mean, he threw twice to the same guy, Bynum. And and I thought Cincinnati, he played well. He had a couple, like, just horrible turnovers. And who also has a couple horrible turnovers? Dak and Jalen. Yeah. Like, I, the only reason I can think you wouldn't get it or that you wouldn't vote for him is like, it's just, I can't believe that this guy who should be doing my taxes or something (laughs) like late round draft pick undersized, not as mobile as you would hope to have as an NFL quarterback 17 and four in his first two seasons. Everybody says it's a product of the coaching Uh, goes on to win two playoff games as a rookie this year. He's an MVP candidate. Who does that sound like to you? I mean, if I say all those things, who does that sound like to you? Because only one name comes to mind for me. Tom Brady? Yes. I mean, who else has been, you know, a sixth or seventh round pick, comes into essentially a super team with an elite defense, goes 17-4 and in his first 21 career starts, wins a couple playoff games, He's going to be either the one or two seed again this year. He's going to be an MVP candidate, and he's only 23. Like, who does that? I, I'm i looking back at history. Like, it took Kurt Warner until he was, like, 29 to start doing this kind of stuff. You know, a lot of these guys, I mean, Dan Marino was the number one overall pick. These guys who have massive success in their first or second season. Ben Roethlisberger did this. I think he went 13-0 and in his, his first season as a starter uh, in 04 and then lost in the championship game there, like, the comparisons are only Hall of Famers at this point is the point I'm making. Like He has reached a whole nother level now than I think he was even going into the season being, I think he was 8-1 and one as a starter uh, but postseason and regular season last year, and that one loss was an injury. So, like, he's reached new heights. I cannot believe it. 
I can't. I mean, I can't either. It's it's a movie. It really is. This is going to be a movie, especially if he wins MVP. And God forbid he wins the freaking Super Bowl. <laughs> like even Walt Disney, he like, has roommates. He's making seven hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, he's basically poverty out here in San Jose. <laughs> so. I mean, like, it's a story, like, even Walt Disney's like, boy, that's far-fetched. Like. It's like Iowa State, man. But I just, it is, but that's, that's my, if you want to put Tyreek, no problem. You want to put, you know, I mean, really, I don't think you can give it to another quarterback other than him. Unless something happens in the next month. He which has been happen. better on the whole than Mahomes this year, Lamar this year, Hurts this year. Prescott has great stats, but as you said, nine wins against non-winning teams. Let's see what Dak does against good teams uh, from this point out. Like, right now, he is the favorite, Purdy. He's plus 300. Dak is plus 330. Hurts is plus 330. Uh, Mahomes is 5-1. to one. Lamar is 9-1. to one. Two is 12-1. to one, And Tyreek is 20-1. to one. I'm like, McCaffrey probably should be on that list as well, too, but... Tyreek at 20 to 1 is pretty good odds. I just, they'll never give it to a wide receiver, even though I believe he is far more valuable to his team than, for instance, like, you know, Jalen Hurts is to the Eagles. Like, right now. Like, my reason. Obviously, Hurts is a beast, but, like, Tyreek is the most important player on the field every play that he plays. My reason why I want these certain players, like, Purdy, ignoring the fact that he plays for my favorite team, but, like, the. The only objective reason I could think you have an argument against him, especially if you vote for another quarterback, mm-hmm. is you just don't want to give it to a guy that just, just seems ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? Same with, with, with Hill and with Purdy. It's the same well, case. Per- it's Hill like the too, narrative like, says no. Well, exactly. The narrative to Tyreek, we don't give this to a non-quarterback. You get the offensive Well, my thing is year. like, well, that's stupid. Like, I'd, I would want Tyreek to win it because like, if if he doesn't win it, like just make it a quarterback award, or like mm-hmm. maybe if a, if a, if if like Miles Garrett has like twenty sacks or something, like I think it's gone to more like edge rushers than it. I could be wrong, but it's like quarterback and then like pass rushers. Mm-hmm. This is like the second position historically who've won it, which is still like yeah. none, which like or like yeah. only a few. I mean, it's. I been, think did I hear today? Is it true? Watching, like that, a receiver has never won it. Never. A kicker has Mark Mosley in 1982, but not a wide receiver. It's crazy. Like, and that's a different. You're to tell me Jerry Rice team. didn't win. Like, I mean, Insane, I know he didn't, right? but like. <laughs> so like. So the most recent examples are Adrian Peterson in 2012. He rushed for 2,000 yards. Uh, well, it's just my point. Well, like, Tyreek Tomlinson in 06, he broke the all-time record with 31 touchdowns. The year before, Sean Alexander was the MVP in 05. He broke the all-time record with 30 touchdowns. It's like, you have to break an all-time record. And that's just the might. starting point. Yeah. But it's just, I... Right now, I would go Purdy 1, Tyreek 2, just like you were saying. I... I the quarterbacks, nobody's distancing themselves, so you have to get it to the give it to the again. This could change. This could change easily in five weeks. I mean, you know, I hope Purdy doesn't go in the shitter, but if he maybe he does, and maybe Dak continues his and beats Philly, and or maybe Jalen, you know, they get the one seed, they end up finishing like fifteen and two, like okay. But at this particular time, the only reason I could objectively say that you would not vote for Purdy. 
and vote for another quarterback is it's just like no I uh, this is he's not, Mr. This Irrelevant is we can't do that yeah like and it's voted on by 50 sports it's writers it's the same thing in like, like other sports too like you know it's crazy like LeBron's only won like four in, like he could have won it feels like every year for like 10 years straight like we just oh we're getting LeBron fatigue or even yeah, like give it to Derek Rose yeah <laughs> Like, was it really, was he the best player? I don't think so. Like, luckily, hockey really doesn't do that because, like, it feels like it does go to Connor McDavid pretty much every year um, or most years. But, yeah, I... It's an incredible conversation. Who would have thought before the season, week 14 pod, we're discussing whether Brock Purdy should be the MVP now that he's, you know, the betting favorite. I mean, like... How crazy is that? What if I told you this, you know, one calendar year ago on December 4th of of 2022? You'd be like, Purdy wins the 2023 MVP. <laughs> Dude, You'd I think, be like, you know, what? it's funny you say that. I think that I think the game was today, like a year ago. Against the Bucks. No, the Miami one, when Jimmy got hurt, when he came in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you were at that game, and you yeah. said, hey, this Purdy might have something. I, like... <laughs> You tell me like, oh yeah, a year from now, this guy's gonna be number one favorite for league MVP. <laughs> You'd be like, what? I'd be like, it's. I'd be like, I want whatever you're on. Turn the Xbox off, and <laughs> like, I don't know if he's got brothers or sisters. I think he's got. Well, he's got a brother who I think is a quarterback at Nebraska. Yes. Yep. And he's a running quarterback I'd, too. Yeah, I'd be like, and, and tell your, and tell your brother to like. Stop stuffing the ballot box for you. Like yeah. I, I'm saying, like the only reason I believe that is if it came from a family member who was playing a video game using Brock Purdy <laughs> on drugs. Yeah, how is that possible? And yet here we are. It's unbelievable. That's what happens when you beat you know a ten and one team on the road, forty two to nineteen, and throw for you know three hundred and fourteen yards and have an almost perfect passer rating and have a perfect passer rating against the vaunted Eagles blitz. Like that was a. a swan song for him that was the magnum opus for Debo Samuel it was basically a perfect performance for the Niners uh we're running a little late here uh we started a little late because that football game uh that Monday night football game just lasted so long so we're gonna cut the pod here but I think it's good to end it on a high note Brock Purdy is the MVP favorite uh the Brock Hard podcast it might need to be that going forward I cannot believe it we joked about it one year ago today that we were gonna have to rename it and now the guy is the MVP favorite it's just stupefying to say Brocky Brocky 13 Glock 30 (laughs) or Glock Brocky Balboa baby I cannot believe that this is happening uh so next week we got Niners Seahawks uh a semi-pod bowl with Evan Seahawks taking on the Niners uh Niners should win that one easily and then the Vikings go to the Raiders so uh pretty crazy week next week for those in the in the pod family here thanks everybody for listening as always uh we'll be back again next week to recap those games and everything that happens in NFL week 14 thanks for listening again to the uh you like that feels great baby podcast see you next week